0: Introducing your host. Brad on today's episode, of we will be talking about the latest comics news, updates on the Phantom, and we are going to be joined by Kevin Patrick for this week's episode. So, firstly, how are you going, Kevin? How 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 has your day been?
1: My day's been very good, thanks, Bradley. It's been very productive. I've I've just come back. Uh, to Australia. I've only been back in Australia for a few weeks, I'm back here in Melbourne. I've been living and working in the United States for the last few years, but um, time to come back and uh, I've just been spending the day gardening and, and doing lots of um, DIY housework and, and handiwork around the place. So it's been a, a very busy day.
0: That is, that is very Good to hear. So we are going to be starting off the talkback show with some big news from few publications. As of this week, the new comic that was supposed to come out this week has obviously, I think on Facebook, they announced in the last week or so that the comic will be delayed until next week. Hopefully we actually get this comic. We saw with the 2022 annual that it was Oh, it was delayed a couple of days. So I got my comic on uh, the Tuesday after it came out. And this is what it looks like. It's pretty damn cool. It's a cover art by Glenn Lubston, which is, he's amazing. He's a beautiful cover artist. And we'll get into this week's news. <laughs> Coming up in this week's news, we have Boss Fight Studios release a new five-inch Power Stars figures figurines. Amos Press to release the Phantom Complete Dailies Volume Twenty Five. We asked two questions to our new guest Patrick. The talkback show up with a new announcement for this week. Just for the past week, have been giving teaser after teaser for their new range of figurines. Their new range of figurines are part of a set. Of Power Stars range, which the height of these figurines is five inch, and the features the featured comic book characters include Flash Gordon, the Phantom, Ming the Merciful, and Fun, which I'm guessing Fun is like a um, caveman sort of person. Um, I don't actually well, actually when I uh, was first looking at these figurines. And I thought that these figurines were pretty damn cool. Like I made a post on Facebook saying these look pretty damn good. These look fantastic. And next up, Hermes Press, I'll be putting an image up on the screen right now. Hermes Press are going to be releasing volume 25 from the Phantom, the Complete Dailies book series. Now, obviously... In my collection, obviously, in the last couple, uh, obviously, in the last couple of weeks, I've actually um, moved. So, my collection is spread across four boxes, basically, and um, I, I don't have any of these um, Hermes Press, the Phantom Complete Dailies book series. Um, and so now we are going to be asking two questions to our guest, Kevin Patrick. So, question number one is: Tell us about your Phantom Unmarked book, which was published by you in 2017.
1: Okay, Bradley. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on uh, the Enthusiast. It's great to to join you on this podcast, and thank you for that very um, exhaustive and and highly detailed update on on uh, all the latest Phantom merchandise news and the and the Phantom comic strip reprints from Hermes Press. Um, no doubt everyone's um, phantom cave treasure room is going to uh, require an extension with all this, uh, all these new goodies, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it's um, like um, the chronicle room.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes, we'll have to start building um, extensions and, and adding new shelves, I think. Which is, I think, really interesting to see um, just going off that point you made. Um you know how the Phantom has become such a, a popular figure in terms of the sort of licensed merchandise that we're yeah. seeing coming from a lot of these boutique companies, in principally in America, but elsewhere as well.
0: Um, um, because we saw the we saw the public the uh, new publication that is going to be I think was supposed to be released on I think in January, and that was from the German publishers. Um, I had a discussion. Oh, I had a deep discussion um, last time, I think, on this show and it was about um, it was about oh, it was about them, I think not having not um, releasing it on time or something like that. Um, but yeah, and I also gave examples to say that we obviously we saw with um, Shakti comics, when they first was publishing, they had a fairly, I would say, a couple of months delay, and then they obviously have been continuously publishing with um, new comics to come out. Hopefully this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's been interesting to see how the Phantom is reappearing in countries. You know, like uh, in Brazil, I believe, and India and Germany, yeah. as you point out, um, where the character hasn't been around in print for, for some years, and now suddenly there seems to be a revival of interest. So I think it's really encouraging. I think I, I'm hoping that there is a, 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 you know, a genuine international revival of interest in this character, which, um, you know, I've always felt was in many ways the the granddaddy, the forefather of the costume superhero, Um, and that's one of the things I I wanted to talk about in my book, um, The Phantom Unmasked, America's First Superhero. Just to give you a bit of background, um, Bradley, um, the book is actually a a revised and condensed version of uh, my PhD thesis, uh, which I undertook at Monash University um, back in I finished it around 2014 so it was about three years between submitting my thesis and having the book published but both the thesis and the book are basically interested in looking at how the Phantom and I I think many fans would agree with this that the Phantom even though the character was created in America was created by Americans Lee, Falk and Ray Moore back in 1936 um, how the character has kind of almost been Forgotten in 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 a in a large way by the American public, he was sort of overshadowed
0: by yeah. Superman and Batman and like Warner Brothers, and um, Disney.
1: Exactly, exactly right. But the really intriguing thing I found about the Phantom, and and this is something that you know I only discovered as I did more research during my thesis, is how popular. I mean, I'd always known he'd been hugely popular in Australia. I'd grown up reading the fantasy comics in the late 1970s. But discovering just how popular he was around the world, um, often in cases more popular than his American rivals like Superman or Spider-Man or Batman, particularly in Sweden and in India, I think two countries which had probably the longest continual...
0: Yeah, um, since, um, I think, 1950s.
1: Um Sweden, the Phantom Comic begins 1950, yeah. And I think the first Phantom Comic magazine in India is published in 1964, but it had appeared in um, a weekly magazine called I think The Illustrated News of India, um, some years before that. So the, the characters were the character was already well known to readers in Australia, Sweden, and India through its appearance in newspapers and and particularly women's magazines and family magazines. Yeah, and
0: uh, women's mirror.
1: Mirror, yeah, that's right, here in Australia, exactly right. And I think that's actually really key um, to the character's popularity in those three countries because women's magazines and family magazines, unlike newspapers, were read by, you know, bought just about everyone in the household they were like you know what yeah
0: they're like weddings. the modern day um new idea or the modern day woman's weekly or something
1: exactly exactly right and they had national distribution whereas newspapers tended to only serve you know one city or one state or territory uh women's magazines like the woman's mirror yeah. um or Vecco Revan in Sweden, which is where the character first appeared in 1944, something like that. Um, they had national distribution, so they reached a much wider audience. And that really intrigued me. I thought, well, why is this character who's been forgotten in his American homeland, why has he developed such a, a devoted intergenerational following in Sweden, India, and Australia? What, what links these three countries together? And that's basically what I was trying to find out in my thesis, which, you know, eventually got published in the book. And I'm looking at all the reasons why, you know, the fact that it appeared in women's magazines first, the fact that, um, you know, the Phantom was such a moral character. I think his his code of honour really appealed to readers there. He's a very moral um, character, has has a strong sense of moral integrity.
0: Yeah, and I think when I I interviewed... duncan Monroe last year he actually pointed that out in the interview that um, the phantom has such a big um moral character that it's able to reach all these people um exactly. because he's just he's just a um, kind-hearted person who's just wanting to stamp out um, bad people who are wanting to do bad things um, if it would be in the jungle or in the cityscapes or anywhere, basically, anywhere, any other over the world. Mm,
1: that's right. He's, he's, he's a very principled hero, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, in a, in a time when I think a lot of comic book heroes have become kind of very violent anti-heroes, you know, you think, like, even Batman has become yeah. that yeah. Sort of figure.
0: Um, um, to do with Joker. Like, I think I... I bought a story back in I think it was a it was a big trade paperback uh, well hard copy book. Um, it was I think done back in somewhere last year, but the story was it featured in I think the uh, James Tinian uh, run of Batman, and it was the issues were surrounding about there was three Jokers right um so there's three jokers um and obviously all those three jokers i think were to do with dimensional sort of things um and i've seen when i've read batman i don't read him too often but um when i actually do go and i read some of his um books and stories and all the art that's in them um he's he right now he's been a quite a dark character right now, even when the new Batman film comes out. When you see the first trailer of the Batman film that came back in, I think, October or November, it um, portrayed a very dark element for the character.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think Batman has, from, from the outset back in 1939 when the character first made its debut, um, the character always was a a darker, more sinister superhero, certainly more so than Superman. Superman is day, Batman is night. So you've yeah. got a really interesting um, opposition between them. But I think since the 80s uh, and yeah. early 90s, there has been this trend towards very violent antiheroes. You think of heroes like, you know, Deadpool and Spawn and, and yeah. the latest iterations of Batman, and I think that that's fine. I mean, for fans, longtime fans of those series, that's they might entirely, enjoy it exactly, and and that's entirely consistent with the persona of that character. But I think just as a contrast, I think the reason why the Phantom has remained so popular in so many different countries for so long, is that even though he does use violence, you know, directed against bad people and evildoers, you know, he dishes out physical punishment. He, he sticks to a very rigid moral code. He's a very yeah, principled he's, character. Um, so um, I think that moral dimension really appeals to people.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, I would say the phantom is he, he uses, um, like, he uses his skull ring, basically, um, but in a good way, not as in, mm. like, a um, torturous way.
1: No, no, that's right. And, and even when he uses his gun, he, he never, he never he shoots, never, it, like, shoots
0: it at someone. He just, he would um, shoot it at someone's gun. And, obviously, um, when that happens, it's, like, lightning, fast, but lightning, like one of those jungle sayings.
1: That's right, exactly, yeah, that's right. So I think I think that that's really intrinsic to the character's appeal and I think because another thing about The Phantom is his very unique setting. I mean, it wasn't until the 1960s when Lee Fork explicitly stated the character um, was situated in, in Bangala in Africa. Yeah. But for decades, you know, it, it could been have been... India. In India, it could have been set in the jungles of Southeast Asia. Yeah. It could be sub-Saharan Africa, and then you had stories where he's visiting America and, like, he's in yeah. New York City. Um, so he was kind of it, he was he, he, he had the freedom of movement, and it allowed people just to think that you know, oh, perhaps he, you know, in, re- readers in India could say, oh, look, you know, he's he's here in the he's, jungle, he's, he's oh, coming yeah, to our country or
0: something, by fictionally.
1: Exactly. And don't forget the first ever phantom story, the Sing Brotherhood back in 1936, his home island where he lives in, in, mm-hmm. in the Skull Cave was given as the island of Longtok, which is oh, um, okay. somewhere in the Java Sea. So that's Southeast Asia. So that's, that's yeah. very close to Australia. Um, so he's he's kind of, he lives in a sort of, borderless world um is not fixed to one specific place in the way that superman is fixed to metropolis or batman is fixed to Gotham gotham city and i think that that fluid kind of um physical environment that he inhabits deserts and jungles and cities yeah um gives him a kind of freedom that other characters don't have
0: yeah so um my next question question number two is where do you get your inspiration to write your interesting articles like we've seen your articles obviously being published in some of the books that few publications have been publishing and most of the times when those articles actually come out I actually do read them and I find them interesting like I think the last time I read an article which was published in issue 19 of Giant Size Phantom which was Mm -hmm. Um a the it was characters who were based in Brazil and who were wrote by like basically had the issues were wrote by Brazilian artists and Brazilian writers. Now there's a guy who actually commented on the channel, and his name goes by Neville C. Bain. Um, I actually read his article and I found it very interesting. And usually I I find anything interesting when I'm reading stuff. So how do you get your inspiration when you write your very interesting articles?
1: Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I'm glad you do find my articles interesting. I've I've just recently picked up my copy of Giant Science 2019 and um, read the article by Neville C. Bain. I've I've known Neville and we've exchanged correspondence for some years now. Um in terms, in terms of the articles that I write for Giant Size Phantom, usually it'll be Glenn Ford, um, yeah. who's, who's the publisher and the managing director of Fru. He'll say to me, look, we're going to have an issue of Giant Size Phantom, and it's going to perhaps feature these characters, old characters from... Yeah, true so he'll like,
0: um, point you in a direction to write your article in.
1: Exactly. So I think my next piece coming up, and it might be coming out this year, maybe um, I'm not sure when. I've actually written a piece um, on the Shadow, which we've oh, seen some episodes of the Shadow appearing yeah. in earlier editions of Giant Size Phantom. Yeah, It's um,
0: one of my favourites when they put those in that character in that issues. He's one yeah. of my favourites.
1: It, it's a great little character, isn't it? And it had such a long, a long lifetime. Um, it ran yeah, even
0: even after a few publications um, started not to publish it. He, um, it was also published in that article that Neville C. Bain actually was talking about. He actually, the character had a extended period in the country called Brazil.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's really fascinating, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's really intriguing to see how characters like um, Sir Falcon, the Phantom Ranger and the Shadow... Um, even after, long after Fru had ceased to them, um, they were not, not only the original Fru stories were being reprinted in Brazil, but the Brazilian publishers were commissioning new stories, uh, as you mentioned. I think that's really fascinating. I would love to have known how that yeah. connection was made. And I think that sort of information is perhaps lost to us. I don't think those records exist anymore. That would Fru be interesting, though. yeah. Um, So, you know, to go back to your question, um, typically Glenn will say, look, we're doing an article, uh, we're doing a feature, um, you know, perhaps we're introducing the Panther or the the Raven in Giant Size Phantom. Could you write a a profile about their creator, uh, Paul Wheelerhand? So I will do that. So typically the articles I write for Giant Size Phantom are in response to a request from Glenn Ford, yeah. um, and and often you know I've written about these characters and these as old Australian artists in different forums. I've written about them in my blog. Comics yeah, I've down actually
0: down I visited that website before.
1: Oh, good. Okay, I hope you found I hope you found something useful and informative there. Yeah. So um, it's really good. I I, I love writing for Giant Size Phantom. Um, I think it's a great addition. I think it's a really good series. I love reading these obscure old stories um, and it's a real pleasure to write for them. And and I hope that, you know, um, you know, even after this year when my piece on the shadow hopefully appears, you know, I'll have an opportunity to write about more um, different characters that appear in, in the series as well.
0: Yeah. Because- I, well, firstly, I enjoy your articles. I enjoy Dudley's publisher notes, which are always yeah. like the last bit of the sentence, always entertaining. Um, yeah. And recently I've enjoyed Neville C. Bain's article, which is, it's just, it's good to see that when a person, a, well, a younger person, if they don't even know about the Phantom or they don't know about these certain characters, they, if they have time to, they can read the articles if they have enough tension span to read them um, and mm. learn something that they may not have learned about.
1: Yeah, I, I really like the fact that you know, and, and this goes back to when you know the late Jim Shepard took over as, as editor and publisher of the Phantom in, in the late nineteen eighties. You know, when he started doing his you know editor's letter at the beginning and, and yeah. publishing um, the fan forum, the Phantom Forum. Um, I think it's really good that Fru, you know, under the direction of Dudley and and Glenn um, and Renee, have have continued that tradition. I I like the fact that they cultivate this community of readers and that they make an effort to, um, you know, explain the history of Fru and explain the history of the characters they're talking about and in a way help explain the history of Australian comics because Fru publications is really our last surviving link with the golden age of Australian comics from the 1940s and 1950s. So I I think it's really good that they've kept that going.
0: Thank you. uh, I would like to say thank you for answering my questions and being able to come on today's show. And now we're going to be finishing our talkback show with a new announcement. This week's announcement is that I will Starting on the 24th of February, I will be taking a short two-week break that will be ending on the 14th of March. If you have enjoyed today's Talkback show, you can message us through our social media platforms called Instagram at Phantom Cave Reviews and on Facebook at Phantom Cave. Now, if you would like to visit Kevin Patrick's website, where could they visit that from?
1: They could visit that at comicsdownunder.blogspot.com. Uh, Thank
0: you. Um, you'd, we would also like for the fans to obviously like, sharing, and comment who should we have there on our special guest next time. And as always, keep phantom caving, and we will be back with The Enthusiast, episode number three, next week.